Welcome everyone. We are continuing our study of Simha. We are in class number 67. Actually, we're skipping two classes, 65 and 66, because we want to do something on Pesach, and next time we'll go back to our schedule. We've been studying the subject of Simha and specifically the subject of De'aga, of worries. And we've been studying the words of Shlomo HaMelech, who says that the way to beat worry, not just to distract it, he says, Davar Tov Yesamehena. Davar Tov means you need something good to make the de'aga happy. Which means there's a way to isolate the worry and not make it bother you. But then there's a way to bring simha into a world of de'aga. So the question is, what is this davar tov? What exactly is the davar tov? There are a few options. I'd like to share with you one of the options. But before we get to the answer, we're going to go right now into the Lel HaSeder and the night of Pesach. Before we start the night of Pesach, it's important to know an introduction that Hashem has put in our lives different stops in the year. In those stops, we're able to pick up essential gasoline for our souls. Which means the Jewish neshama needs a certain amount of food, spiritual food. And Hashem gives us that food along the way in our lives according to the needs. So for example, we need Shabbat once every seven days. Six days, then you need Shabbat. The Jewish neshama needs Shabbat. If we would need it every four days, then Shabbat would be every four days, but we don't. Tefillah, we need it a few times a day. We need it in the morning, we need minha, we need arbit, and so on. Hashem gives us along the way things that we need in order to have a life that's full of ruhaniyut and full of simha. When it comes to the hagim, so Pesach comes once a year. That means that what Pesach can give us, we need it for the entire year. That means if you miss it on Pesach, so you're missing something that you could have had for the entire year. So it's not just missing the night of Pesach. Whatever it is that we're supposed to take from the night of Pesach, it's available that night. It doesn't mean that you can't get something like it during the year, but the full 
energy and the full pot of what Pesach can give you, nothing can give you till the next Pesach comes around. So we must be aware, first of all, before we even start, we need to know what is it that we're supposed to be getting from the night of Pesach. Because if we don't know what we're supposed to be getting, so then it could be that we'll go through an entire seder and even do every mitzvah properly. We'll make kiddush. We will have matzot, maror. We will make, we will say the magid. We will say beautiful devre Torah. We will make Berkat Amazon. We will say the Hallel. We'll sing a few songs. And on paper, may look like everything is being done according to Halakha. We opened Shohan Aruch and we followed the book. And we did everything correctly. I'm not talking about people who don't do it correctly. We did everything correctly. But even then, the seder could be lacking. Why is that? Because when a person does something with a goal, so everything they do becomes an assistant to get to that goal. But if a person is not working towards a goal, a person is happy just doing things along the way. They're not building something. Just like if a person is building something, you're building a building of many floors. This building was supposed to house uh, special children. That was the goal of it. So buying the land, building the building, hiring the people, all of that really is very important. But really, you've accomplished nothing until you've helped a special child, because that's your goal. Your goal isn't to build a building, and your goal isn't to hire great employees. Your goal is to give something to those children. So to the night of the seder, all the mitzvot that we have are very important, but they're supposed to take us somewhere. And if they don't take us somewhere, for sure we'll get reward for the mitzvot. That's not what I'm talking about. Hashem will reward us for every small good thing that we do. But as far as getting the gasoline, as far as getting from the night of Pesach, what it's supposed to give us, we must know what the goal of the night is. And what all of those things that we're doing, where are they supposed to take us? With the hope that if we have a goal, all those things will help us reach that goal. It's very similar to a person who's learning Torah, there are people who learn Torah and they just learn, which is beautiful. Talmud Torah keneget kulam. They just keep learning and learning Gemara and Mishnah and Gemara, Rashi, Tosafot. And then there are people who learn with a goal. They want to know the Halakha. So they'll take a part and they learn it so well because they know they need to get to the end of knowing what to do. That gives them the ability to learn it better, clearer. And then they come out with a clarity. 
So back to Lela Seda. What is the goal of Lela Seda? Meaning, we walk into the night of Pesach, we are person A. The goal is to walk out that night at, as person B. We need to know what that person B looks like. Because that person B that was kind of created or formed that night is going to last with us and can last with us till the following Pesach. What is the goal? So I'd like to share with you an interesting discussion in Halakha. We don't usually discuss Halakha in this class, but I think for this point, it's important to talk about Halakha. We have the mitzvah of Lil Pesach, as we all know, is vehigata lebincha bayom ahu lemor, the obligation of the Haggadah, of saying over the story of Yetziad Mitzrayim. That is the centerpiece of the night of Pesach. But this is kind of weird. That the night of Pesach and the gasoline that we're supposed to pick up here for our neshama should be the mitzvah of telling our children about Yetziat Mitzrayim seems to be a little odd. The reason why it's odd is because we have a mitzvah daily. Lema'an tiskor, the pasuk says, we must remember et yom tzetecha me'eretz Mitzrayim, the day we left Mitzrayim, we must remember that how often Kol yeme hayecha. All the days, all the days of our lives. It's okay. Leave it. Our rabbis learn when we say in the Haggadah, yeme hayecha hayamim, which means every day you have to remember Yetziat Mitzrayim. Call Halelot every night. That means this mitzvah of remembering Yitziat Mitzrayim is a daily mitzvah. Every day, day and night. So it comes out that the night of Pesach, that centerpiece of talking about Yitziat Mitzrayim, is something that we're doing every single day of the year. It seems that we can't go even half a day without remembering Yetziat Mitzrayim. So what's so special about the night of Pesach? And we see that the night of Pesach has some other factors that we don't have during the daily mitzvah. For example, on the night of Pesach, the mitzvah is that Hayav Adam a person has to imagine themselves as part of the story that they left Mitzrayim. That you don't have on a daily basis. The daily basis is you remember Yetziat Mitzrayim. But you don't have to put yourself in their shoes and feel like you're leaving Egypt. Another unique part of the mitzvah, the night of Pesach, 
is Hazal tell us potim bignut umesaimim b'shevah. It's not enough to remember leaving Mitzrayim the night of Pesach. We have to start talking about the genut. Genut means about the not so beautiful times in our history. Avadim hayinu lefaro b'Mitzrayim. Not so beautiful. We were slaves. We used to be idol worshippers. Not so beautiful. We had a father, Lavan. He was our great-grandpa. Not so beautiful. We have to talk about those things. During the daily mitzvah, there's no such obligation. You remember Yetziat Mitzrayim, and that's it. The night of Pesach, Mat'ilim Potim Begenut. And plus, the night of Pesach, there's a mitzvah, Lesaper, which means to tell over the story. The daily mitzvah, you don't have to tell over the story. You just have to remember Yitziat Mitzrayim. So the question is, what's the difference between the daily mitzvah and the Pesach mitzvah? What makes this super interesting and confusing, I hope you'll follow me, is that the Rambam has a book called Sefer HaMitzvot. In this book, he counts the 613 mitzvot. We know there are 613 mitzvot, but the count is not so clear. Torah doesn't write them one, two, three. So the great rabbis put together Sfarim to see, okay, which is the first, second, third. And they agree on most of them, but some of them, they are disagreements. So the Rambam wrote a book called Sefer HaMitzvot, and he lists all the mitzvot. In mitzvah number 157, mitzvah Aseh, he lists the mitzvah of the seder, of the higata lebincha. He says the night of the 15th of Nisan, we are obligated to go and tell over the story of Yetziat Mitzrayim to our children and to the people around us. And the more we speak about it, the more praiseworthy we are. Beautiful. The mitzvah ve'igata lebincha. Mitzvah number 157 in Sefer HaMitzvot. Now, which number mitzvah is the daily mitzvah? Where does the Rambam bring the daily mitzvah? Remember, the one I mentioned, leman tiskor, every day. Where is that in Sefer HaMitzvot? Believe it or not, it's not there. The Rambam doesn't mention this mitzvah. Doesn't bring it at all. In the 613 mitzvot, he basically ignores it. He only brings the mitzvah of the night of Pesach. Now, in truth, if anything, we would think the opposite. If anything, we would say, let him bring the daily mitzvah. And the night of Pesach might be uh, included, a branch of that mitzvah. But to bring the mitzvah of the night of Pesach and ignore all year the mitzvah of Zecher Litziat Mitzrayim seems to be very difficult to understand. Why would the Rambam do that? Some explain, and again, I hope you follow. Some explain that this is based on a principle that the Rambam uses 
when he counts the mitzvot, the Rambam only counts mitzvot that are going to stay even during Mashiach. But mitzvot that expire, they don't make it to the 613 club. The 613 club aren't all the mitzvot. They're a special club of the mitzvot. To be in that club, says the Rambam, you have to be around even after Mashiach. And the Rambam must hold, like Ben Zoma who says, that we do not, in the Haggadah we say, the Chachamim say, Kol But Ben Zoma says no. When come time of Mashiach, we will no longer have the mitzvah of remembering Yetziat Mitzrayim every day. It will expire when Mashiach comes. Zecher Litziat Mitzrayim, Mi Mitzrayim Ge'altanu, that we say in Shahrit, right? We say at night, Ra'u Banim Et Geburato, and all that. Mashiach comes, that mitzvah will be void. No more Zecher Litziat Mitzrayim daily. That's why the Rambam didn't bring it. It is a mitzvah today, but it doesn't make it to the 613 club because it will expire in the time of Mashiach. Which brings us to a question. But Rambam does list the night of Pesach, which means that the mitzvah of the night of Pesach did make it to the 613 club. Which means that this mitzvah will stay even during the times of Mashiach. What's the logic? When the time of Mashiach comes, are we supposed to remember Mitzrayim or forget about Mitzrayim? Well, if you look at the daily mitzvah, it seems like we're supposed to forget about Mitzrayim. Not important anymore. But when it comes to Lil Pesach, all of a sudden, we have to remember Mitzrayim. What happened? So all these questions bring us to one beautiful, important answer that's going to guide us on the night of Pesach. You know, the reason why in the days of Mashiach, you don't have to remember Yesiyad Mitzrayim. The Pasuk says, Ki me'eretz Mitzrayim, Hashem says in the times of Mashiach, like the days of the Exodus from Egypt, like those days, Hashem said, I'm going to show you miracles and wonders in the times of Mashiach, like Yetziat Mitzrayim. Therefore, the daily mitzvah of remembering Yetziat Mitzrayim has one purpose. That purpose is emunah. When we remember Yetziat Mitzrayim, we remember that Hashem is involved in our lives. He's running the world. What happened to me this morning, Hashem is behind it. He is watching me. He could do whatever He wants. He's guiding my life. Emunah, a real live emunah. Living with Hashem. Living with emunah. What gives us daily emunah? 
twice a day, Yitziat Mitzrayim. That mitzvah no longer is necessary at the time of Mashiach. Why? Because why do we have to recall what happened 3,300 years ago? If Hashem tells us there's going to be miracles in the times of Mashiach that are going to be like Yitziat Mitzrayim and maybe more. So why would I have to remember a miracle from 3,300 years ago to get Emunah when I have miracles in front of me? The Emunah that happened today is a greater reminder than the Emunah that happened 3,300 years ago. So therefore, in the times of Mashiach, they're not going to need Mitzrayim anymore for Emunah. They could just talk about the days of Mashiach. That'll give them the Emunah. Therefore, Yetziat Mitzrayim expires in the times of Mashiach. But the night of Pesach doesn't expire. Because the night of Pesach, the mitzvah of talking about Yetziat Mitzrayim, it's not for Emunah. Of course, we'll get Emunah. We always need Emunah. We could always use more Emunah. But that's not the goal. The goal of the night of Pesach and talking about Yetziat Mitzrayim is not that we should walk out with more emuna. Again, hopefully we will, but that's not the goal. There is a different goal. The A and B is not A, less emuna, B, more emuna. The night of Pesach, the goal is Hakarat Hatov. The goal is walking out with such a feeling of gratitude and being grateful to Hashem for everything He's done for us as a nation and as individuals, as a community, as a family. This is the B. You come in with A, hopefully even an A, we're a little bit grateful. But the goal is that you should walk out with B. Superpower gratefulness. Super hakaratato. That is the goal of the night of Pesach. And that Mitzrayim doesn't expire for one simple reason. Because if Hashem did you a favor 3,300 years ago, just because He'll do you another favor now, that doesn't mean you should forget the old favor. A person who does you more favors, you don't forget the old ones you still need to have hakaratatov the same. So therefore, the great miracles of Mashiach will not delete the need for hakaratatov for Mitzrayim. When you're looking for emunah, I don't need Mitzrayim anymore. But when I have hakaratatov, why not Mitzrayim? Nothing changed because Hashem did more for me. I still owe for what He did for me then. And that's why the Rambam counts this mitzvah because it's eternal. Because it's a mitzvah of hakaratatov. And that is why the differences that we find the night of Pesach, that's why we have to feel like we're leaving Mitzrayim. For emunah, I don't have to leave Mitzrayim to have the emunah that Hashem runs the world. I could see how Hashem runs the world in your life and I could have emunah from that. I don't have to experience it myself. But to feel hakaratatov, I have to feel it. 
I have to feel like I'm going through it. I have to feel a part of it. Because the more personal it is to me, the more grateful I will become. That's why the night of Pesach, Hachamim tell us, you have to talk about the difficult times, the not so great times. Because we weren't always so deserving. We didn't necessarily come from everything that was perfect and beautiful. We were idol worshippers. Our grandpa Lavan, not so special. Avadim, that was a hard time in our history. We were not only Avadim in physical, we were even we were spiritual Avadim. Not so beautiful. Since when does a nation sit down on the celebration of their birth, on their anniversary, and talk about the bad things in the history? Why would any nation do that? Sit down and talk about the great things. Tell us the great stories. Don't tell me you were idol worshippers. For what reason do we need to talk about that? The answer is, if you want to have you have to see where you came from. You have to look at the low points and the high points. Because if you only look high, you don't see the more you see the low and then the high, the more you can appreciate where you came from and appreciate what Hashem has done for you. And that's why we have to say it in a story. Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. Because as you know, when you read a story and you're in the story, you feel like you're living it. You're imagining it. It's not like someone tells you, oh, remember what happened? To remember what happened, it's a memory. But when you tell the story of what happened, it's alive. That's why you'll see many people who when they're telling a story about their life, they start to tear. They start to have tears. They start to cry. They're not sharing anything new that they didn't know. They've been living with this even before they told the story. How come they weren't crying before? Because when you tell a story, you start to live it. The night of Pesach, you have to tell a story. Every day, you have to know what happened. The night of Pesach is about Hakaratatov, and therefore you have to live it. And that's why it says in the Haggadah, Let's say we were all wise. We know everything. That means I know Parashat Shemot, Parashat Va'era, Parashat Bo, Parashat Beshalah. I, I got it. I know every Pasuk. I know every Midrash. I know every Rashi. I know everything. Do I have to go and still talk about Yetziat Mitzrayim? Who exactly am I teaching? I already know it. Answer is, it's not about knowing it. It's about feeling it. So it doesn't matter if you're a hacham. It doesn't matter if you know it. In the night of Pesach, we're not coming to educate ourselves about what happened in Mitzrayim. We're coming to relive the story so that we bring out the emotions of Hakarat Hatov. That's why it says, even if you would be a Hacham and you're a Navon and you got it all, it doesn't matter. It's not about education. It's about Hakarat Hatov and your feelings of gratitude. 
And that is why, not sure if you know this, but you know, when we come to tell the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim, if somebody told you, could you guess what we're going to use as our guide for telling the story? What should we read? So I think we would say, open up Parashat Shemot. Maybe if you want to start, maybe open up, who knows where, Parashat Vayetzeh. Maybe from Terah, maybe open up from Noah and Lech Lecha. And start reading the Parashiyot. Maybe you'll skip some parts in between that maybe aren't as relevant as, as the other ones. You have to read Parashat Shemot, all of it. Parashat Va'ira, all of it. Parashat Bo, all of it. Parashat Beshalah, all of it. It'll be quite a long seder. But that would be, if you want to read the story and live, relive it, you got to go in there. But I guess Hachamim were practical and realized that it's too much of an ask to go read all those parashiyot and explain them and go through the midrashim and understand them well. It's not going to happen. It's too long. We don't have that much time. So they decided that they're going to tell the whole story, but in short. But what will they use as their guide? Did they make up the words? Is the Haggadah the words that Hachamim made up? No. They actually looked in the Torah to look for somewhere in the Torah that would discuss the story in short. Where did they find it? They found it in the parasha of Bikurim, parashat Kitavo. Over there it talks about the Jewish farmer who brings his first fruits to the Bet HaMikdash to give Hashem the gift that he appreciates Hashem's giving him of his farm, of his land, of his fruits. So he goes to give the first fruits as a gift. Bikurim. Torah over there says that when he comes to the Kohen, to the Bet HaMikdash, and he gives him the Bikurim, he tells him, he says, the Pasuk says, that he goes there, Ve'anita ve'amarta. He says to him, You say to the Kohen, Arami Oved Avi, Vayered Mitzrayma. He starts going through Jewish history from Lavan, and he goes through Paro and Mitzrayim, Vayareul Otanu Hamitzrim, Vayanunu. And all, all those words in the Haggadah are the words of the Jewish farmer who comes to give his fruits as a gift to Hashem, as a sign of Hakarat HaTov. The Haggadah just takes each word of the farmer, it's only a few pesukim, takes each word and it just explains it. Isn't it interesting that the night of Pesach, when we're coming to talk about Yitziat Mitzrayim, which parasha in the Torah is going to be used as the guide to our thoughts? The parasha of Bikurim. Bikurim is the parasha of Hakaratatov. That's what the farmer is doing. He's coming to say thank you. Hoda'a. And that's what we use as our guide for the Lel Pesach. That's not an accident. 
In fact, if you look at the Mizmor that Hachamim gave us to say, you know, every holiday has a special Mizmor that, would say, that we say about the holiday. The, the, the Mizmor of Pesach that comes from Tehillim, they all come from Tehillim. Now you should know in Tehillim, there are plenty of Perakim that discuss Yisiyat Mitzrayim. But yet, this one that we use for Pesach has no mention of Yitziat Mitzrayim. Could you imagine? They chose a Perek in Tehillim for Pesach that makes zero mention, not of Paro, not of Egypt, and not of Yitziat Mitzrayim. Nothing. What is the Perek talking about? What is the Perek of Pesach talking about? It talks about the four people that need to say Gomel, or the four people that have to bring a korban toda, a korban of thanks. A person who was in jail, Lohalen, or a person who was sick, a person who was traveling in the desert or by sea. These four people have to say a gomel, we say gomel today for those people, and they used to bring a korban toda. And David Melech wrote a song just for those people. Nothing to do with Egypt. That's the perek we say on Pesach. Why? Again, because Pesach is about Hakarat Hatov. Maybe even more so than it is about Yetziat Mitzrayim. That's what Hachamim told us. Read this perek. But where is Yetziat Mitzrayim? That's not the point. Yetziat Mitzrayim is a step somewhere. And this is the somewhere. Hakarat Hatov. This, this answers, by the way, a very famous question. It's a question that was already asked, believe it or not, in the Midrash of Shira Shirim. That's going way back. The Midrash of Shira Shirim. Look at these beautiful words from Shira Shirim that the Midrash explains. It says the Midrash, Al Mishkavi Balelot. When I was sitting, Mishkav, I was sitting, Balelot, which Lelot? The lelot of Mitzrayim, says the Midrash. The lelot of the Seder. When I was sitting on Mishkavi Balelot, Bikashti, I was searching, Et She'ahava Nafshi. I was looking for the person that my soul loves. Says the Midrash. Who is that? Ze Moshe. I'm looking for him in the Haggadah. I'm wondering when they're going to start talking about him. When they're going to start saying, thank you, Moshe Rabbeinu, for all the hard work, for all your sacrifice, for all that you did for Kali Yisrael. I'm waiting on Mishkavi Balelot, the nights of the Seder, every year we sit down, Bikashti, I'm waiting to hear about Moshe Rabbeinu. Bikashtiv, velo metzativ. We wait and look and search. And we never find him. Because he's not there. Could you imagine a night of Hakarata Tov? And not once do we mention Moshe Rabbeinu. Where is Moshe Rabbeinu? Doesn't he deserve a shout out? A deserve a mention something? <coughs> Why is that? Why is he not mentioned? The reason why it's not mentioned is because very often in life, 
our hakarat atov to Hashem gets clouded by our hakarat atov to others. For example, <coughs> when we think about our birth, we thank our mother. When we think about our childhood, we think about our parents. When we think about the people who gave us, thank you. When we think about the people who gave us our needs, we think about our rabbis, our teachers. There's always somebody in the physical world that's helped us, and we need to thank them. Of course, without a question, without a doubt. But very often we forget. If you're thanking your mother or father, Wait, do you remember that God created you? You're thanking your parents. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're thanking your parents for giving you your home or your food. Wait, did you thank the Creator that gave you what what they have? He gave them, and He gave you the ability to be able to enjoy it. He gave you a mouth. He gave you lips. He gave you a tongue. He gave you taste buds. He gave you... So very often in life, the people with us get the thanks and they become like the wall that blocks the real thanks. And in the night of Pesach, we want to make sure there are no walls. Because starting to thank Moshe Rabbeinu, which is appropriate, but it may take away from the goal of this night. This night is meant that you should see Hashem and what He's done for you in your life. With nobody else. Again, not that we're not supposed to thank anybody else. Of course we're supposed to thank everybody else. If you don't thank people, it's a sign that you don't thank Hashem either. But this night we want to focus without distractions on one source of Hakarat HaTov. And that's the creator of the world. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu was not there. In fact, he's there once. He is there once. He's mentioned Agav. Because we're bringing a pasuk. And he happens to be in that pasuk. But notice the pasuk. The Gaon says this pasuk is not accidental. Pasuk says, Vaya'aminu badonai. They believed in Hashem. Ub Moshe Avdo. Says the Gaon, even when we do mention Moshe, look how we mention him. Vayaaminu, when Am Yisrael left Mitzrayim, they had emuna only in Hashem. Ah, what about Moshe? Moshe is doing all for them. He's the one splitting the sea. He's the one who's telling them what's going to be. He's warning them. He's teaching them. No, no, no. Ub Moshe, they saw Moshe avdom. They saw Moshe only as his servant, as his shaliyah. They didn't see Moshe as his own. Like a person, imagine you'd see your father and mother only as a shaliyah. They don't, they're just in-between. For that they get and deserve thanks, yes. But they're just in-between. Moshe Abdon. That's the only time Moshe appears the night of Haggadah because it's all about Hakarat HaTov. The feelings of Hakarat Tov, the night of Pesach, 
if we turn from A to B, is going to depend on this point. That we walk out of Lel Pesach feeling that we deserve nothing. Maybe hard for us to feel that way. Because we've been feeling deserving since the way that since the day we're born. Maybe not our fault, 100%. Our parents treated us like we deserved. They made us a birthday party as if we deserved. Of course, we deserved nothing. We didn't deserve a celebration. Your one-year-old birthday party? What did you deserve? Nothing. You deserved nothing. But our parents treated us like we deserve. We deserved ice cream. We deserved a party. We deserved guests. We deserve people to come and say, oh, you're so cute. Oh, I love you. You're the best. We deserve to have a home. We deserve to be served. Honey, what do you like to eat? What can I make for you? What can I give you? What do you want to buy? All those treatments when we were little, they got into our head and we became full of ourselves in the sense that we feel deserving. And all that has really hurt us. Because when you feel deserving in life, even though it sounds very um, flashy, sounds very beautiful, but actually it is the pain of life. It's the cause of so much pain when you feel that you deserve. Because when you feel you deserve, you don't enjoy or don't enjoy enough of what Hashem gives you. I deserve it. I, I woke up this morning, I, I'm supposed to. Like, what's the big deal? Why would I be so excited about getting up this morning? I deserve to get up. I deserve to be healthy. Why would I be so excited about that? I deserve to have money. Like, what's the big deal? I deserve to have parents. I deserve to have a wife. I deserve to have a husband. I deserve to have children. I deserve everything that I have. When you deserve everything, you don't enjoy hardly anything. The night of Pesach is supposed to graduate us and we're coming in, maybe a little deserving or a lot feeling that we deserve, and B, person B feels, hey, I deserve nothing. I don't deserve to live. Hard to say. I don't. I don't deserve to live not one day of life. Nobody here gave the creator of the world any check or gave him anything before they came here. God doesn't owe you or me anything. He doesn't owe us a minute of life. Not a day of life, a second of life. He doesn't owe us a second of health. He doesn't owe us food. He doesn't owe us money. He doesn't owe us a home. He doesn't owe us parents. He doesn't owe us a marriage. He doesn't owe us children. He doesn't owe us good children. He doesn't owe us anything, nothing. Again, intellectually, we might actually even believe that. But I don't know if we live with it. But that's where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be coming out saying, hey, not as individuals, not as a nation, we don't deserve anything. And it is then that you start to enjoy your life. It is then that you say, Dayenu. Dayenu 
is the song of the person who says, I deserve nothing. If Hashem would have only done this for us, Dayanu, it's enough. Of course it's enough. People sometimes ask, it's enough? If He would just take us out of Egypt and then He wouldn't split the sea, that's enough? What's enough about that? Yeah, it's enough. He doesn't owe you anything. If you left Mitzrayim and that's it, it's enough. Dayenu is the song of the person who feels undeserving of anything. Dayenu isn't meant just to be read in the lines that Hachamim wrote. Dayenu is supposed to translate into our moment-to-moment life. This morning's Modeani needed to be a wow Modeani. You know why? Because you weren't supposed to get up this morning. How many of us, how many of us feel that? that? I wasn't supposed to get up this morning. Why should I get up this morning? What did I do for the Creator to wake me up? And even if I do some things for Him, is it really, am I really paid up? Did I really pay up all my past due balances with Him? Of course not. And He still woke me up this morning? I have another day? Wow. Why do I even deserve this? That's the feeling of the Jew who wakes up and says, ani. Why do I deserve this? Not like the conversations that I've had and perhaps you've had or maybe been a part of. I had a conversation with a young man who was very happy, unhappy about his parents. A ton of complaints about his parents. So I asked him, so when you were young, did your parents take care of you? When you were sick? He said, yes, sure. All parents do. Did they provide you with clothing, with food, with books, with toys? Yes, they did. But there's a lot they didn't give me. That's an attitude in life. It's not only an attitude with parents, it's an attitude with the creator of the world. How many people have you heard say, why do I deserve this? Wait, again, say again. Why do I deserve this? And of course it would be insensitive, but if I could, I would ask. Tell me what you deserve first. And then we'll talk why you deserve this. Tell me what you do deserve. Let's talk about what you deserve. What do you deserve? What in your mind did you deserve? Well, I gave charity last week. And I've been praying every day. And I say daily every day. And I help so many people. And So you think that what? That paid for the life that God gave you? You paid up for that? I did that yesterday and they've... Oh, today's a new day, by the way. It's a new life this morning that you got. Never... Again, it's hard when you're going through a hard time. And we should ask when we're going through a hard time, why did Hashem send this to me? That's a good question. That's a great question. 
Why did Hashem send this to me? What does He want from me? What's He asking from me? Because Hashem doesn't just send something to me. Hashem is all kindness. Why did He do that? That's a great question. Why I deserve something? That's not a question. Until you write down what you deserve, we can't talk about why you deserve this. But we spend our entire life feeling this way. Sometimes we feel it in a very big way, and sometimes we feel it in small things. Sometimes it's, why do I deserve this? And sometimes we ask, why don't I deserve this? How come I'm not getting that? Why is this happening to me? Again, we should ask why Hashem is sending it. That's a great question because Hashem talks to us. So to ignore the message, that's inappropriate because we rely on God's kindness, that He is all kind. So if something happened that's not so kind looking, you better ask why. Otherwise, you're missing the boat. But never ask, why do I deserve this? Because the real answer is that if we looked it on paper, not only do we deserve nothing, we probably deserve a lot of things that we wouldn't want to hear about. How about the people you embarrassed in your life? You forgot those already? Or that, you, that was a distant memory? What about the time that you ignored your creator when he asked you to do something? What about the time that you disrespected your parents? What about the time that you hurt this one or did that one. What about that time when you ignored the person that needed you so badly and you just went to sleep? And you want me to list for you how many things that I and you, I'm sure we share a lot of stories in our past of why maybe you did deserve? But let's not talk about deserving. That's not a good conversation ever to have in life. Because the reality is we deserve nothing even if we were the biggest tzaddikim, we deserve nothing. And we're not the biggest tzaddikim. This is the new person that leaves the Haggadah. Person B is a person who feels they deserve nothing. And when you feel you deserve nothing, all of a sudden, every small thing that you have is, wow, dayenu. Just for this, I have to be so thankful and happy. Just for this, I should be jumping for joy. So if you're not jumping for joy at the end of the Haggadah, because everybody here has got reason to jump for joy, just the very fact that you're sitting at the Haggadah is a reason to jump for joy. Dayenu. Dayenu means, the word that means, it is sufficient that I should be a very happy human being. Dayenu. There is a great connection between the person who feels undeserving and the person who feels grateful and their happiness and satisfaction. It's one that cannot happen without the other. Don't think you could be grateful if you feel deserving. It doesn't work. I know that because the Midrash says, the famous Midrash that talks about Le'ah. The Midrash says that Le'ah, she had this beautiful Midah Tafsa 
she grabbed, she grew, she acquired, however you want to say it. Pelech Hodaya. She became great in her gratitude. Like the Pasuk says, when she had a child, she says, Hapa'am ode et Adonai. She had Yehuda. She named him after Hoda'a. She said, this time, I'm so grateful, I want to thank Hashem. Says the Midrash, this Midada Le'a acquired of Hoda'a. Because of her, she saw that in her lineage. The examples the Midrash gives, example number one, is Yehuda, her son Yehuda. We see by Tamar, in an embarrassing situation, he says, Tzadikah mimeni. She was right. I admit, I was wrong. And the Midrash brings the other example is David Melech. David Melech, where? By David Melech, says the Midrash, Hodu Ladonai Kitov, Ki Leolam Hasdo. Thank Hashem because He's good, because His kindness is always. Let's read this Midrash again. Le'ah. She thanked Hashem. Therefore she had in her lineage people who had the same midah. So David Melech's example, beautiful example. David Melech says, thank you Hashem. That's a great example. But the example of Yehuda, what is Yehuda? That wasn't a thanks. Yehuda, that was when Yehuda said, I admit. I admit I was wrong. What does that have to do with what Le'a did when she said, I want to thank Hashem? Shalom beautifully says that notice the word admit and the word thanks in Hebrew are the same word. Choda'a could mean to thank. Le'hodot could mean to admit. These two words are connected says the great Rav Hutner, you can't be appreciative if you don't admit. Admit what? Admit that you don't deserve anything. Because when I admit that you help me, it means I don't deserve it. It wasn't supposed to come to me. It wasn't part of me. I admit that because of you, I have it. That's not so easy. Our pride, our ego gets in the... What do you mean, me? Me? I deserve so much more. You know how great I am? Ego, gratefulness, they don't go. Hoda'a means I admit to the creator of the world, to my parents to my teachers, to my rabbis, to the people in my life, I admit that I don't deserve their service. Mom, I don't deserve what you gave me. I don't deserve it. And therefore, thank you. Why don't we thank somebody? Because we think they're supposed to give it to us, like that child told me. What do you mean? All parents do that. They're supposed to do that. Dad, I don't deserve what you gave me. Thank you. I'm so grateful. You can't thank somebody. You can't be grateful if you think that you're supposed to get it. So admitting that you don't deserve 
and admitting that they did something for you is the only step to real Choda'ah. Admitting leads to thanks. And if you ask me, how important is being grateful in life? How important is it being person B? How much of a difference is person A that walked in one way and walked in with B? So let me share with you a pasuk that connects back to the beginning of this class. It says, David HaMelech, Tov lehodot Lashem. Interesting. He starts with the word Tov. He says, you know what's good? He doesn't say, to thank Hashem is good. That would sound like, okay, that's one of the things that are good. To thank Hashem is good. Lehodot Lashem Zetov. No, no, no. He says, Tov equals, you know what Tov is? You want to know what real Tov in your life and my life is? Says David, let me tell you what Tov is. Here's what defines Tov. Lehodot Lashem. If you're a thankful, grateful person, if you're a Dayenu Jew, that you deserve nothing and therefore are grateful for everything, then you have the greatest tov that a human can have on the planet. There is nobody that is more tov than you. Tov lehodot Lashem. Perhaps that, that's what Shlomo Melech was teaching us when he says, by de'aga, you have worries in your life? You're worried? you worried about what's going to be? you worried about what's going on? you worried about who knows what? About what happened? What's supposed to happen? Ay, davar tov yesamehena. You need tov in your life. You're missing tov in your life. You're missing tov lehodot in your life. Because if you have tov lehodot in your life, you're not going to worry anymore. What is there to worry about when you're every day celebrating another gift of life that you don't deserve? What is there to worry about? I worry that I may not have tomorrow. What do you mean, may not have tomorrow? You're not supposed to have tomorrow. What are you worried? I'm worried I might lose something. You don't have anything to lose. You only got extra. What are you worried about? Imagine a person just made a hundred million dollars overnight and somebody told him that one of his stocks went down $10,000 and it may go down another $10,000 or he may lose it altogether. He may lose $30,000. You think he's going to be worried that night? He just made a hundred million dollars. You think he cares about the $30,000? When you feel tov lehodot l'ashem, there's no room to worry. There's no place to worry. Tell me, what are you worried about? What? What could you worry about? That I might lose your money? You're not supposed to have money to begin with. Dayenu, you're lucky you have it. You have it today, enjoy it. If you have it tomorrow again, beautiful, celebrate it. You worry you're going to die tomorrow? You're lucky you're alive today. Enjoy today. What are you worried tomorrow for? When you put tov lehodot in your life, 
your worries are not distracted. Your worries go out the window. It almost feels stupid. You feel silly. If you live tov lehodot, where is there room to worry? Where in the box of the B person is there room for worry when you have tov lehodot? If you're waking up every day saying, wow, I don't deserve any of this. This is great, thank you. Worry only comes to the person who feels deserving. I'm deserving and therefore I'm worried. What are you worried about? You don't deserve any of this. Be thankful. Again, read the message. Listen when Hashem talks to you. But worry has no room in the world of Tov Lehodot. That's why when we speak about Mizmor Shir Leyom HaShabbat, what song are we going to write about the day of Shabbat? day of Shabbat is the most beautiful day that Hashem gave us. The first thing is Tov Lehodot Lashem. And by the way, perhaps that's why there's a mitzvah called Onik Shabbat. To enjoy the Shabbat. Shabbat is not only about what you can't do. No, no, you got to make tasty food, extra food, dessert, extra is beautiful. Why? The way you dress, the way, why Onek Shabbat? What does it have to do with Shabbat? Hashem stopped creating on the seventh day. So stop creating. You want to learn more Torah? That you should do any day. What does the extra kibbeh that you have, what does that have to do with Shabbat? What does the extra food and enjoyment have to do with Shabbat? Why? But perhaps the answer is, so it brings out more tov lehodot. Because only when you enjoy life, it's only then when you realize how much you have to be thankful for. And perhaps during the week you have so much enjoyment you're not getting the signals. Hashem says, you know, I'm going to help you on Shabbat. Enjoy a little more. Maybe that will somehow open your heart. Tov lehodot Hashem. That's the first opening mizmor of the day of Shabbat. It's actually the purpose of life. The purpose of life says the Ramban. Needs more explanation, this Ramban. I'm going to quote it to you. He says that Hashem has only one desire for us, which means we only have one purpose. Listen to these words. The purpose of our life, they're very heavy words. They're beautiful words. He says, only one thing. Sheyeda ha'adam ve'yodeh le'lohav she'perah. You know what the purpose of your life? What's your goal in life? What do you want to be in life? That you should live a life of tov lehodot lashem. That's it. Sheyeda ha'adam ve'yodeh leloha. That's all Hashem wants from all of us. So this beat person that turned into be, that's not just a nice thing they got on Lel Pesach. They got the purpose of life. 
they got it, that they could run with it for the rest of the year. And this, in essence, by the way, is the source of Avodat Hashem. It's the source of what we call an Eved Hashem. Word that people don't like. Nobody likes to be called an Eved, a slave, a servant. Those words don't bring glamour and light into our minds. I would call you a slave, an Eved. You'd say, oh, that's so nice. Eved Hashem, okay, I'll accept it. What can I do? They don't like the words Eved. But says the Havad Levavot that to be an Eved Hashem, what does it mean to be an Eved Hashem? He says it means that a person knows he deserves nothing. Once he knows that, then he realizes how much they got and how much they're getting. And it's still coming. And they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed by the kindness. They don't know what to do with themselves. Imagine somebody gives you a kidney. You don't know what to do with yourself when you see that person. What do you do? You find flowers? You, you say thank you? Is that it? Should you buy him a house? Should you buy him an airplane? What, what should you do for him? He gave you life. And then not only that, he gives you also eyes. And then he gave you that same person, gave you legs too. So what, what do you do for that person? You're overwhelmed. Every minute, every step you take, you don't know what to do for him. Says the Hobot Levavot, when a person feels overwhelmed with Tov Lehodot Lashem, so his desire is only, Hashem, please tell me, what can I do for you? Could you please tell me how I can serve you? That's the words of David Amelech. Ma ashiv Lashem. Says David Amelech, I'm so frustrated. Because I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. Hashem, what can I re- what can I pay you back? Call Tagmulohi Alai. So much good you give me. What can I do to pay you back? It's so frustrating. You know, you should know. Very important to know. That a real measurement of Hakarat HaTov is how much you're willing or desiring to do for that person. For example, if a person needs you and you truly appreciate what that person has done for you, you would right away help that person. You cannot say thank you. If a person needs you right now to come shovel their snow and they saved your life, you can't say, you know, I really appreciate you so much. I just want to say thank you so much, but I can't come to help you shovel snow. That shows that your words are empty. A thank you is only when there's nothing to do. So you say thank you. But if you have something to do, you better do it. And if you don't do it, that shows you're really not grateful. Because because gratefulness 
and service to the one who gave you is one and the same. It's an automatic. If I feel grateful for my mother, automatically I need to do something for her. And if I feel I don't need to do something, then possibly I'm not so grateful. David Amel says, Ma shiv Lashem, Lashem, what can I do for you? I need to do something. Could you tell me? What do you need? What do you need from me? And that's why the night of Pesach and the Haggadah ends with Hallel. The Hallel, the night of Pesach, is not supposed to be read because it's in the book. The book is supposed to be used just as a direction of the feelings of the heart. The Hallel is supposed to be coming out of our souls. But we don't know what to say, so we use the words of David Melech. We piggyback on his words. If you find yourself saying Hallel the night of Pesach because it's in the Haggadah, you're really tired, but what could you do? You need to say it? So then I think maybe you missed a very big part of the night. By that time, you're supposed to be flying with Hakarat HaTov. And luckily, you have a Hallel that you can use to say, because you don't know what to say. You're afraid if you use your own words, you'll make mistakes. Oh, David HaMelech HaHallel, let me say it. In fact, the Hallel is not accidental in the mitzvah of Vehigata Levincha. If you open up Sefer HaChinuch, who also counts the mitzvot, he talks about the mitzvah of Vehigata Lebincha, mitzvah Chaf Aleph 21. Says the Chinuch, what's this mitzvah? Vehigata Lebincha. He says, Lesaper Be'anyan Yesiat Misraim on the night of Pesach to talk about Israel. Wul Halel, Wul Shabeah Hashem Barach. The Halel is part of the Vehigata. And the way we're learning is not just part, it is the goal. The goal of the night is the Hallel. Because if you're not feeling Hallel, if you're not feeling Ma'ashiv Lashem, then there's something lacking in the Hakarat Atov. You can just walk away saying, really, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Good night. It's not like that. That's not how gratitude works. If you have real gratitude, you feel the feelings of David Melech. So now what? What do I need to do? That's what the Havot Levavot calls the attitude of an Eved Hashem. An Eved Hashem is someone who says, Hashem, what do you want from me? What would make you happy? What can I repay you? If I could say those words, what can I do? Tell me, what can I do? Of course, Hashem doesn't need anything. It would be foolish to think that Hashem would actually need something that we can give Him. How could that be? He made us. How could we give Him anything? Whatever we give Him, He has to give it to us first. But yet Hashem answers David Melech's question. And He answers our question too. He says, you want to be my Evet? But you want to do things for me? You want to serve me? 
Oh, I would really appreciate that. Wow. You know, if you would take care of your parents, if you would respect your parents, I really would appreciate that. You could thank me when you honor your parents. Buy your mom a card. Write her a nice card. I would really like that. I would really love it when you see your friend, give them this really warm hello. And give them a beautiful compliment. Make them feel good. Make them feel like a melech. I would love that. I would really appreciate if you kept Shabbat properly. Really, I would appreciate it. You'll do so much for me if you do that. I would be so happy if you ate kasher, kosher, the right diet. I would really appreciate it if you stay away from all those foods that I told you not to eat. I really would appreciate it. It would bring me such nahan. I really would appreciate if you prayed every day that we spoke to each other. I would love to hear from you. Could you talk to me a few times a day? I really would appreciate it. And on and on. Actually, Hashem answers the call of Ma'ashiv Hashem. The Torah is the answer to Ma'ashiv Lashem. Somebody has to ask Ma'ashiv Lashem before they get the Torah. Unfortunately for us, we got the Torah before we had Ma'ashiv Lashem. So we got it like, oh, this is what you have to do. You have to keep Shabbat. You have to do this. You can't do that. And we like, oh, what is this? What's all this burden on me? I don't like this slavery. I want to do whatever I want. Leave me alone. Why do they keep asking me these things? That's how we grew up. Because we didn't have Ma'ashiv Lashem. We thought we deserved everything. We got nothing. In fact, we got too little. And now they also want me to do this too. Don't they know that last year I gave tzedakah? They want me to do this also now? Don't they know how much I've done? That's what happens when a Jew is given the Torah before he feels Tov Lehodot. He doesn't feel ma'ashiv Lashem. And he feels whatever has been given to him is a burden. But if you're a ma'ashiv Lashem Jew, you're waiting for what you can do for the creator of Ruah. Just tell me, please, tell me what you want from me. You want me to stay up all night? I'll stay up all night. You want me to go run to the hospital to visit? I'll go. What do you want from me? Tell me what you want. I'm in. I'm ready. Whatever you want. Those are the true feelings that come from Ma'ashiv. Tov lehodot translates to Ma'ashiv. Ma'ashiv translates into an Eved Hashem. And Hashem says, yes, I want that. You know, it's like a soldier. You tell the story of a soldier in the Russian army in the 1700s. They used to wear these chains. So they would put these watches on the chain that would tell time. And the king, he saw one of the soldiers, he had the chain, but he looked down, he didn't see a watch. He saw a bullet, a very beautiful bullet that was shined and nice and gorgeous. So he found it to be amusing. Why is he wearing a bullet instead of a watch? So he went to play around with the soldier. He says, you know, he says, 
you know, my time says a quarter to four. What does your watch say? She says, your majesty, I don't need to know what time it is. For me, there's no minute, there's no hour, there's no day. He says, I have a bullet on my chest to remind me every second that my purpose is to make sure that you're protected and that I would take a bullet for you at every possible occasion. That's my life. I don't live with a watch because time isn't mine. The time is yours. That's an Eved Hashem. An Eved Hashem has no time of his own. It's not my time. You know, we like to think of religious life as that's my religious department. You know, my religious, my, my religious life, you know, that's when I go pray. Kippur is my religious life. Uh, I make a berachah. That's my religious life. I have a religious life, and then I have my life. No, no. An Eved Hashem doesn't have his life. There's no watch that's sitting on his neck. An Eved Hashem, an Eved belongs to his master. His time belongs to his master. He just says, what do you want from me? A slave doesn't have his own time. A slave doesn't have his own money or his own property. Everything that's given to him has one goal for his master. Hashem, what do you want from me? I'm ready for you. While people, when they hear the word Evan, might be startled or shocked or unhappy. But when we know what an Eved Hashem is, then it turns into a whole different kind of word. Let me share with you the words that we say every Shabbat. Yismach Moshe. Moshe is so happy. I'm sure Moshe is happy all the time. But I guess he gets extra happiness. When? When is Moshe like really happy? When he sees his gift. Oh wow. Moshe got a gift. And this gift made him so happy. What gift do you have to give Moshe Rabenu That's going to make them very happy. Somebody might get a diamond ring. That might be their gift. Some people might get a sefer. That's their gift. Some people might get a package of money. That will be their gift. What would Moshe Rabenu have to get. For him to say oh my goodness. Whoa. I mean, I was happy before, but this is like awesome. What is it? Ki Eved Ne'eman Karata The greatest package that Moshe Rabbeinu could have gotten is that when he opened it, he saw Hashem saying, Moshe, you're my Eved. Wow. That brought him great simha. In fact, when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, and Hashem eulogized him. How many things did God talk about Moshe Rabbeinu in his eulogy? You know, today we have regular people pass away. Hours of eulogy about their life. And maybe deserving. Moshe Hashem. How many words in the eulogy? Two. Eved Hashem. You don't have to say anything else. There's nothing else to say. In Eved Hashem... It says it all. You know, if you're an Ebed Hashem and they start talking about you, every 
word they say about you takes away. Every word that they, oh, and he also did this, and also you don't need to say all that. What do you mean? You said it all already. You're an Eved Hashem. Eved Hashem brought simcha to Moshe Rabbeinu. When Yehoshua passed away, Vayamot Yehoshua binun Eved Hashem. That's the greatest title you and I could earn in this lifetime. Is that we're an Eved Hashem. David HaMelech, when he wrote Tehillim, he made sure to remind us once in a while of what his great pride in life is. Lam Natseach Le'eved Hashem Le'David. He wanted to remind us that the greatest title he hoped for and the greatest glamour he wished for in his life is that he would be called an Eved Hashem. What's so glamorous about being an Eved Hashem? Let me explain what I mean by that question. I understand how it works. I got it. Tov lehodot. I appreciate. I appreciate so much. What can I do? Hashem says, do this. Be my Eved. Got it. But why would the Avdut make a person so happy? So A, because he's able to give back, that's for sure. When you're able to give back what you owe, it makes you happy. But there's something else about being an Eved Hashem that makes it so super, so amazing, so glamorous, so happy. And it's not just that you're paying back the Creator. There's something a lot more. What is that? It's very simple. You know, Hashem doesn't need Avadim. Doesn't need you. Doesn't need me. Doesn't need my Shabbat. Doesn't need my Hasid. Doesn't need my Tfilot. Doesn't need my relationship. He doesn't need me. Why does He tell me, do this for me? Why? The answer to that question is so important. You know, every single person in life wakes up for the same thing. We all want a life full of success and simha. That's all we want. While we all want that, very, very, very few people in life can say that they're happy people. And even those who do, there are plenty of time in their life that's not happy. So even though you wish to be happy, that's not the formula to be happy. Because being sameach and being successful there's a formula. And unfortunately for us, we're here for the first time and we don't know the formula. But we all try to kind of guess the formula. Well, probably if we went on vacation every week or every month or every three, probably that will do it. And that's not the formula. Probably if we ate only food that we like and we enjoyed and went that, probably that's the formula. That's not the formula. And probably if we, we have all kinds of ideas for sure. Probably if we made it to this status or we made it to that. And probably if we got famous, then we'll have the formula. Or probably if we get married, that's the formula. Or probably if we have a child, that's the formula. Or We have all kinds of things that we imagine in our mind that will bring us, this is the sure road to being happy all the time. But 
the results and the statistics have clearly shown that people do not know on their own what is best for them. If they did, then they wouldn't have any regrets in life. They would never regret anything. They would always be happy. They would never complain. So how do we live life? And we can be sure, 100%, that we're going to get there. Well, look what Hashem does with us. Hashem says, oh, you feel hakarat hatov, tov lehodot, ma'ashiv, so I'll tell you. Keep Shabbat for me. Well, Hashem, I don't want to keep Shabbat. You know what? But do it for me. I know you don't get it. I know you don't understand it. Like, what's the difference? You turn off a light, you turn on a light. What's the difference? You drive a car, you don't drive a car. I know you don't get it. And I know maybe in some way you think it's painful. But you know what? Do it for me. Keep the laws of tzniyut. I know it's hard for you. I know you don't understand it. I know you think it's better a different way. I got you. I got it. But do it for me. Keep the laws of nida. I know it's hard for you. I know it's not what you signed up for. But just do it for me. Do me a favor. Do it for me. I know you don't always like to pray. But just pray for me. Just do it for me. Do it. You owe me, right? Do it for me. I know you don't get it. I know you don't understand why this would lead you to that. I got you. I understand. Just do it for me. And we spend our whole life doing Hashem's will. Being in Eved Hashem, hopefully. And we're thinking, well, Hashem, look what I do for you. I did this for you. Thank you. Hey, Hashem, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. And then one day we wake up and we realize, oh no. That was a mistake. Our doing wasn't for him. That was, he sketched us. He sketched us. It wasn't for him. Him is for me. Very similar to a kid who's in high school. Kid for 12 years has failed every single year. Most horrible school career in history. He's irresponsible. He doesn't know anything. The father's waiting every year. Maybe this will be the year. Maybe this will be the time. And every year he falls through the cracks again. And finally it's senior year and the father says, I have one more shot. This is it. Make it or break it. So he sits down with his son and he says, listen. He says, I want you this year for me. I need to see a perfect report card. 90s. All ease. Excellent. Responsibility. Good behavior. On time. Homework. I want to see you do home. I want to see you do everything right. Do it for me. Dad, come on. It's so hard for me. I, I don't care. I'm not interested. What does it matter? Why do I have to learn science? Why do I have to learn this? Why do I have to be on time? What does it matter? Nobody cares anyway. Everybody else, you know, all the, all the excuses. So I know, I got it. Just do it for me. It would make me happy. Just do it for me, please. I'm your father, do it for me. And you know what? If you do it, I'll buy you a car. Oh, buy me a car? Okay. For a car, I'm in. And all of a sudden, this kid starts coming to school with a notebook and pen. People are they're, they're passing out. They can't believe it. 
He's in class, he's writing notes. He's doing homework, he can't go out at night because he's doing homework, he's doing his report. His friends think, what happened to you? He's, what can I tell you? It's my father wants. I'm doing this for my father. He loves me, I owe him, and he's gonna get me a car also. I'm doing it, I make him happy. He may, I make him happy, he makes me happy. Gorgeous. At the end of the year, he comes in and he gives his report card to his father. What a report card. And the father starts crying, tearing. He's so happy. He says, Dad, this is for you. It's your gift. How foolish that kid is. He thinks his father is going to gain from the report card. I think his father is going to gain from his responsibility or his 90 or his behavior. The father played a game with him. Because all the father really cares about is his son. He just told him, do it for me because he can't understand better. But what is for the father, what's in it for the father? His son, that's what he cares about. That's what Hashem does with us. He says, do me if you owe me? Yes, you do. Take, do it for me. Do it for me. I would appreciate it. I know you don't get it. I know it's hard for you. I know on your own you would never do it. Do it for me. Just do it for me. Beat Sanua for me. Keep Shabbat for me. Eat kosher for me. Pray for me. Just do it for me. What, what do you want? I know you don't get it. Do it for me. And one day we're going to wake up. Sometimes it's a week later. Sometimes it's a month later. Sometimes it's a year later. Sometimes it's 10 years or maybe 30 years. One day we'll wake up and we'll realize, whoa, all those things were not for him. Look at my life today. Look where I am today. Look at my simhat hayim today. Look what I'm accomplishing today. You know how those things happened? Because of what he told me to do for him. But it wasn't for him. It was for me. It is for that reason that we see people now history that not only were happy when they were called Eved Hashem, they looked to be an Eved Hashem. Like David HaMelech says, Ani avdecha. I am your servant Hashem. Ani avdecha ben amatecha. I'm your proud servant, the son of your maid servant, my mother. Pitahta lemoserai. You opened my chains, my shackles. Says the Abetz. What do I mean? You opened my shackles. What is he trying to say? Says the Abetz that David Melch is saying to Hashem, even. If you will let me go, even if you say here, I unlock the chains, go. You're on your own. I'm not gonna tie you up. Says David Amelech, I'm never letting go. Ani Abdecha, I want to be an Evid. I'm not an Evid by force. I want to be your Evid. The ropes around me don't matter. I don't care about them. Open them up, you'll see. I'll still be right here, waiting for you. This is the purpose of the night of Pesach. It's to go through the night, to get through, to see, to prepare, of course, beforehand, to walk in that preparation is very hard, as we're doing now, but it takes more preparation to prepare your thoughts, to prepare your emotions. You don't have to be loud the night of Pesach, that's not the point but to prepare yourself that you're going through the Haggadah 
and you're doing all that it takes when you eat the matzah and what that means and the maror and what that means and everything about it, which we don't have time to go through now. It's all a road to get us to the halal. And the halal is the expression of, wow, after we said dayenu, we have halal. And in the halal, we're going to say, ma'ashiv l'ashem. In fact, in the halal, we start, hallelujah, hallelujah, avde Hashem. And then we say, betzet Yisrael mitzrayim. The goal of the night of Pesach is the hallel should be said with a feeling of avdut. It should be not said as, thank you, I appreciate you, you're so kind, see you next year. That's not what the hallel is all about. The Hallel is Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Avde Hashem. Hashem, I come to you as an Evet. I am ready to be your servant. Just tell me what I have to do. Tell me what I need to do, where I need to go, who I have to be around, who to ask. To be an Evet Ne'eman. That's the whole purpose of Yetziat Mitzrayim. Why does Hashem take us out of Mitzrayim? The whole purpose of Yetziat Mitzrayim, as the Pasuk says, when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu by the snake, by the burning bush, He told him, This is the sign that I sent you. When you're going to take Am Yisrael from Mitzrayim, you're going to serve Hashem. You're going to be Avde Hashem on this mountain by Har Sinai. Hashem says to us in the Torah, Kili bene Yisrael avadim. You are my servants. Avadai hem. Asher hoseti otam eres Mitzrayim. The whole purpose of Yetziat Mitzrayim is that we should train to be avadim. You know, people ask, why should we thank Hashem for taking us out, taking us out of Mitzrayim? He put us there. He put us in slavery. The answer is, it's not easy to be an Eved Hashem. For a free man to be an Eved Hashem, just like us, it's so hard to be an Eved Hashem. We're talking about it, but it's hard to wear a bullet and say, my time doesn't belong to me. I'm ready, whatever you want. At any time, I'm here. I'm your soldier. Whatever you want from me. There's nothing that I won't do. And there's nothing that I will do if you don't want me to do it. That's hard. How does a person live his life as an Eved Hashem? Every day, all day. Not in his religious moments. Every day. How do you do that? Hashem put our nation in Mitzrayim for hundreds of years. As a preparation, it was like a, it was like a school. It was a national school. It was a national shiur of a few hundred years where we learned how to be a slave. To be a slave to Hashem, it's, we don't see Hashem. It's harder. So Hashem made us slaves with people. So we have a we have a slave mentality. What it means that your time doesn't belong to you? What does it mean that you own nothing? 
That's what happened when Hashem told Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu says to Hashem, Hashem, tell me, how am I going to know that I am going to get this land that you told me? Hashem told him, the Midrash says, oh, you don't, you're not a full Eved, Abraham. You're questioning how? Your children need to go to Mitzrayim. They need to learn how to be an Eved. Mitzrayim was the Bet Sefer, was the school of Avdut for Am Yisrael. That's why he put us in Mitzrayim. That's why Hashem told Moshe to tell Paro, Shalach Ami, send my nation, Ve'ya'avzuni. Should they serve me? The night of Pesach, we're supposed to walk out of there as Avdeh Hashem. We're supposed to walk out of there as servants of Hashem. That is why we say, Mi Mitzrayim ge'altanu, Adonai Elohenu. Hashem, you redeemed, you, you, you took us out of Mitzrayim. Mi bet abadim peditanu. You redeemed us from the house of slaves. Seems to be repetitive, the same thing. Mi mitzrayim gealtanu. Mi bet abadim peditanu. Why do we change the words? The answer is that we left mitzrayim physically. But mi bet abadim from a place of slavery, we never left slavery. Peditanu, Hashem just exchanged. Instead of serving Paro that has no use, is purposeless, is painful, we now are able to serve Hashem. Mi bet avadim, we don't say chotzetanu. Hashem never took us out of slavery. He just replaced it. That is the whole purpose of Yetziat Mitzrayim. That is why the Gemara says that someone who somech geula litfila is a ben olam haba. Someone who says ga'al Yisrael, which is talking about Yetziat Mitzrayim, by the Amidah, and they say right away the Amidah, Hashem Sefatai Tiftah, oh, they're a ben olam haba. They're a living example of a olam haba in this world, the next world. Rabbein Yonan Rishonim asked, what? Something so? Because you put Ga'al Yisrael next to the Amidah, you become a Ben Olam Abba? Says Rabbein Yonah. When you talk about Yetziat Mitzrayim, and you say Ga'al Yisrael, thank you Hashem, I can't believe you took us out of Mitzrayim. You did so much for me in my life, thank you so much. All the way till today. If you stop right there, you miss the whole boat. If you don't go into Avodah, Tefillah's Avodah, if you don't go into Avodat Hashem, if your Ga'al Yisrael doesn't automatically go into Eved Hashem, then you miss the whole point. Your Ben Olam Haba, when you translate Yetziat Mitzrayim into an Eved Hashem. That's what Mitzrayim was all about. That's why we were there. That is why Hashem gave us the mitzvah of tefillin. Right when we left Mitzrayim. Parashat Bo. As we're leaving Mitzrayim, Hashem says, I want you to put on tefillin. Ukshartam le'ot al yadecha. I want you to put a sign on your arm. What's the sign all about? Ve'ayu le'totafot ben'aynecha. They should be like a crown on your head. 
ukshartam. You know what the sign is? The sign is you're an Evid. In those days when they had an Evid, the Evid would have a sign on him of who owns him. Hashem says, you put on tefillin in your arm. You tie on your left arm that you are my Evid. By the way, you put it on the left arm, not the right. You know why? Some explain because never think that when you're an Evid Hashem, it takes away your power. You only put it on the left arm. But your power becomes even stronger. Your right arm is available. Your right arm to create. Your right arm to build. Your right arm to make a great life for you. It's right there for you. Hashem's avdut doesn't make you closed. It makes you open. And then what happens when you put on the tefillin on your arm? You know what happens? You start living with a crown on your head. Because to be an Eved Hashem is to live with a crown. And that is why we have to put on the Yad before the Rosh. First. First the tefillin shel Yad. And then tefillin shel Rosh. Why? If you read Hazal, you'll see some very strong words about, about a person who puts them the opposite. Why? What's, what's the difference? Tefillin Shalyad represents Na'aseh. Tefillin Shalrosh, mind, represents Nishma. Na'aseh ve-Nishma. They are Jews, good Jews. They live a wonderful life of mitzvot. But their life is nishma venase. Let me hear it. Let me understand it. Let me make sure it fits. Let me make sure it's for me. Nishma venase. And then I will do it. But then there are people who before they even start keeping mitzvot, they make a personal commitment privately. Hashem, Naaseve Nishma. I want to be a Naaseve Nishma Jew. Ukshartam leot al yadecha. You first do Naaseve. That's your arm. And then you go and ask why. And why does Hashem want that? What could be his reasoning for that? That's beautiful. But first Naaseve. Am Yisrael never accepted the mitzvot. I don't know if you know that. Am Yisrael never accepted the mitzvot. Hashem didn't give us the mitzvot to accept them. Am Yisrael accepted the Creator. We accepted Him. We said, we are committed to you. Whatever you give us, we're in. Na'asevenishma is really what comes out of the night of Pesach. It's all these steps that we end with Naseh and Ishma. And really, that's what the Matzah represents. Because notice something about life. I want to tell you a little something to keep in mind. That a human being is born to be a slave. Don't ever think for a minute that humans could be free. Everyone's a slave. We're slaves to honor we need people to notice us. We need people to compliment us. We need people to include us. We need people to invite us. We're slaves to addictions of all kinds. 
whether it's dangerous ones or even non-dangerous ones, to food, to smoking, to drugs, to alcohol, to gambling. We're slaves to arrogance. We're slaves to anger. We're slaves to so many things. We could list here books about what things that we're slaves to. We're born to be slaves. A human is born to be a slave. Anyone who tells you I'm a free man is a shakran. They're just not realizing how many things they're slaves to. You know the difference between hametz and matzah? Imagine, on our way out of Egypt, what did we eat in Egypt? Matzot. The matzot represent the bread that we ate as slaves. We're leaving Mitzrayim. What does Hashem do? What does Hashem do? He makes us rush through the whole process. And what happens? And our dough can't rise. And we have to eat matzah as free people. Why does Hashem do that? Matzah, it's a little weird. It's like, it's like slavery, but it's also freedom. When we eat matzah, we lean. We don't lean by maror. Matzah is freedom. But wait, matzah, they ate in Egypt. So which one is it? The answer is that matzah and hametz are identical. Bread, I'm sorry, flour, water. Flour, water, same. Hametz, to become hametz, it needs something. It needs time. It needs yeast. Hametz can't become hametz by itself. When you need something, you're an evid. Matzah needs nothing. Matzah is bread and water. And doesn't need time, doesn't need yeast, doesn't need any special attention. It's matzah. Hashem reminded us as we left Egypt. You were slaves in Egypt eating matzah. That was against your will. But going forward, if you want to be free, you also need to eat matzah. But my matzah. The matzah, you're going to want to eat it on your own. The matzah that says, I don't need anything in the world because I am an Eved Hashem. I am not going to be an Eved to people. I'm not going to be an Eved to opinions. I'm not going to be an Eved to anything in this world. What's the only way to be a free person and not to be an Eved to any of these things? What's the only way? you're an Eved Hashem. And Eved Hashem is truly a free man. That's the message of the matzah as we're leaving Mitzrayim. Hashem says, remember that matzah? The matzah of slavery? Make sure this one, you take it upon yourself. But that's between me and you. And that's the matzah that's going to give us an entire year of Hakarat HaTov, of Dayenu, of Ma'ashiv Lashem, of to be an Eved Hashem, and a year of true Herut, of true freedom. This is the goal of the night of Pesach. It could happen any day of the year. It's not limited to Pesach, where you can discuss this and work to it. But in the night of Pesach, there's something very special in the air that makes all of this so much easier to grab. It's like being given out. Just grab it. 
the night of Pesach is the night to go to sleep, saying, Hashem, I want and I am committed to be your Evan. I am ready to do what you ask. And this will be one full year of energy for all of us. I bless you all, that you should have a night full of tremendous, we have two, in Galut, we need two nights. Just in case you missed the first night, or you didn't get it all the way, you get the second night. But bottom line is, this is a great night of opportunity. Just, I'll end up, I'm sorry, one last thing. Last thing. There's a question they ask, you know, after Pesach, right when we start Pesach, we start counting to Matan Torah. That's the goal, Matan Torah. We count 49 days. But notice we count from the second day. When we left Mitzrayim, the first day we don't count. The second day we start counting. Why don't we count from the first day? Why not the first night don't we count? Hayom yom ehad la'omer. Why the second day, not the first? And the answer to that question is that before you can go into the world of Torah, you first have to be in Eved. Again, most of us, all of us, fell into Torah or someone brought us into Torah before we committed to be in Eved. And sometimes that feels very heavy. You don't know why you're doing it. You don't know what you're doing. But the way it's supposed to be is that first you become an Eved. That's the first day of Pesach. The first day of Pesach is not time to count the Torah. The first day of Pesach, you gotta work to be an Eved first. Once you're an Eved, then of course, you can't wait to get to the Torah. Then you start getting ready for Matan Torah. This is what Hashem gave us once a year. And that is that Hashem will take full advantage. Ha'kashev es Baruch Amen Amen.